Good morning, Bridgeway. I'm Don Hess. I'm filling in today for Pastor Bear. In this time of physical distancing, we are connected online, apart physically, but indeed connected in spirit through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's go to prayer, please. Father in heaven, you have given us your salvation. You have given us blessings in great abundance. Help us to understand your ways as we look into the perfect law of God. In Jesus' name, amen. We live in sobering times. Illness and death from the COVID-19 virus continues to be an issue. It should cause all of us to stay under the protective hand of God. Don and I, most nights, go to sleep holding hands. Now, we don't hold hands all night, but as a way of saying, first of all, that we're right with each other. And second of all, it reminds us that we indeed are under the protective hand of God. Of God and whatever happens in the next 24 hours we're just going to trust him to get through it so today is dad's day so happy father's day for all you dads I am dedicating this message to fathers the protector and spiritual leader of your household so dads hold up your hand I hope that your hand is just nothing more than an extension of God's hand and protecting your family and I hope that, dads, you're connecting with your family in new and different ways than you would have never imagined if it had not been for this virus war. Now, Father's Day is not just for dads. It's for the whole family because you are all working together during this time of this virus war. So if you remember back in January, we looked at Joshua chapter 1, facing the unknown. Now, the book of Joshua teaches us about being a soldier of the faith. We studied them no matter what would happen in our life this next year. Little did we realize what we were going to be facing. But whatever happened, we're going to be strong in the Lord. We're going to see it as a calling from the Lord. And we're going to move forward with confidently through this difficult time, whatever that difficult time may be. So, this COVID-19 has given us a new opportunity to adapt in new ways and in callings that we would have never, never even imagined. Instead, we're going to always stay under the protective hand of God as we move forward with our families in trusting him through this virus war. Now, today we're going to fast forward to the end of Joshua, the book of Joshua. We're going to be going to Joshua chapter 23. It was here that Joshua commanded the leaders of Israel to keep the land. Now you see, it's one thing to possess the land. That's what they did. They did worked it hard for that. Now it's another thing to keep the land. So dads, leaders of your family, actually, you could say that your family is your possessed land. After all, didn't you pray for your wife? And look at all those fine, beautiful children there that the Lord brought into your family. Isn't that so exciting? Now, this is your promised land, but it's one thing to possess it. Now, you've got that one done. Now, it's another thing now that you keep your land, keep your family strong in the faith. So, I would invite you to turn to Joshua chapter 23. And here we go. So, you all queued up for that. So, we're going to read from the English Standard Version starting 
in Joshua 23, verse 1. In the land, keeping the land. And a long time afterwards, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their surrounding enemies, Joshua was old and well advanced in years. Joshua summoned all Israel, its elders, heads, judges, officers, and said to them, I am old and well advanced in years, and you have seen all that the Lord has done for you with these nations for your sake. For it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. So, in times of peace, there's great danger. Joshua was concerned about that. Dads, we should be concerned about that. Do you ever think that the God puts maybe just a little bit of danger into our life? Not to frighten us, but he puts it there so that we are always reminded to stay under the mighty care of our Lord. So parents, what have you been learning in this COVID-19 and keeping your family strong in the Lord? Maybe a few 30-second testimonies might be in order. Now, there are going to be four principles here from chapter 23. These principles are what Joshua practiced as a leader and also as a family man. So, over in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, he says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Okay, so hopefully you got the provided Bridgeway email that had the notes for today. And also there was a, a coloring sheet for the kids and also a crossword, a word search for the bigger kids. All right, here we go. Y'all set? Principle number one. Take up the sword of the Spirit. Now let's continue in Joshua 23, verse 6. Therefore, be very strong to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand or to the left. Now we see here the phrase sword of the spirit. That's actually mentioned in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. It's actually defined there as the word of God, or what we would say the whole Bible. All right, so the sword is a metaphor in scripture that tells us about spiritual warfare. Now, we see that in the context of Ephesians 6. So I'm going to read verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Now, our victory will not be won by physical strength. Oh, no. It's going to be run by staying under the mighty hand of the Lord. Not by might. Not by power. But by spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Zechariah 4, 6. Now, Joshua, over in chapter 22, verse 4, sends the Israelite army home, at least temporarily from war. They were to keep their side, their swords by their side, sharpened, ready to go. Because every once in a while, they would have to be reactivated in order just to keep their land. Now, it will only be 
when Jesus comes and physically reigns here on earth, that they will be able to take their swords and beat them into plowshares, farming tools, and their spears into pruning hooks to prune the fruit trees. Now, you will see that in Micah chapter 4, verse 3. So, when we get to the point in Christian ministry that we think we have arrived and we no longer need to have our scripture by our side, you're headed for disaster. Spiritual warfare will never stop. Oh, no. It's going to never stop until we get to heaven or the Lord returns. So until then, my fellow Bridgerians, you want to keep your sword, your Bible, by your side always. Because just when you think all is well, then guess what's going to happen? Danger is going to come sneaking up on you. Be sober. Be mindful. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. 1 Peter 5.8 So fathers, keep your family safe. Keep them close to the Lord. And be in the scriptures as an ongoing endeavor. Now, back in the time of Joshua, soldiers would personalize their sword. They would also practice with it regularly. They became one with their weapon. Their hand and their weapon was so joined together, it was as one. So it should be with us. We should personalize our scriptures. Maybe even monogramming your name on the front cover. Mark it up with sermon notes. Devotional teachings. Highlight verses that you want to in, put into your heart. Make the scriptures one with you. Now, I learned this 55 years ago when I first dated Donna. We attended church together. I would go with her family, her two brothers. She would come with my family, my three brothers and sisters. Now, we noticed right away when she opened her well-worn Bible, she had it all marked up. Well, whatever the sermon was about, she would open to that page, and he had some writing on it. Wow, that was the kind of Christian wife I wanted to marry. And I was grateful that she did accept my marriage proposal. Then she started me teaching me how to mark my scripture. See, one of the purposes for marking your Bibles would be found in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we must pay close attention to what we have heard lest we drift away. So you see, guys, making notes in your Bible can be a good reminder so that when you're sitting in your devotional time, having coffee with the Lord, you're reminded of these principles that you want to put right into your heart so that it gets down to your feet. All right, principle number two. All set? Hold on to complete obedience in all your ways, you want to do that always. Continuing in Joshua 23, verse 7. That you may not mix with these nations among you, 
or make mention of their names of their gods or swear by them or serve them or bow down to them. But you should cling to the Lord your God just as you have done to this day. Now, we can all make mistakes in not seeking wisdom from the Lord. Now, Joshua did that. He, in chapter 9, he was discussing some things with the Gibeonites. And he made an agreement with them without first checking with the Lord. Bad thing to do. You can read about that in Joshua, 4, uh, Joshua 9, 14. Now in chapter 7, Achan. Now you bridge kids, you remember Achan? He was a good soldier. He obeyed. He went into battle. He fought good. Except he took some stuff from the enemy that he wasn't supposed to do. He snuck it back home, buried it under his tent, got caught. He actually got executed for that. Joshua 7, 25. See, we're talking about incomplete obedience. He was right in going in, but he wasn't completely obedient to the Lord. See, because of incomplete obedience, in these examples and some others in Joshua, some of the heathen, some of the idols, were still in the land. The men of Israel would have to be reactivated every so often in order to keep their land. Now, you remember Samson. He fought with the Philistines. You can read about that in Judges chapter 14 and 15. And, of course, you remember David fighting with the Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. That's just a few times when they had to be reactivated to keep their land. Now, Moses talks about this partial inobedience in Deuteronomy 8.20. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish because you would not obey, not obey completely, the voice of God. Joshua reminds the Israel army of this in verse 16 of our text. If you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God, which you commanded, and you go and serve other gods, and you bow down to them, then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly from off this good ground that I have given you. All right. How about the us in the here and the now? Are we determined to always have complete obedience? We don't want to fall in the trap of sort of picking and choosing in the scriptures what we will obey and what we will just ignore. Now, that's sort of like going to a food buffet. Now, I know it's been a long time since you've been to a food buffet. But, when you know, if you remember, you go to a food buffet and you sort of pick what you like and you just ignore what you don't like. You don't want to do that. Uh, with the Bible. Now, we don't want to bow down to idols. Now, do we have idols still in our land? Oh, yeah. It's just by different names. We from time times, we don't even recognize them. So what are those idols? I'm glad you asked, Dads. Here we go. Turn your note sheet paper over. Pick up a writing instrument. Now, you kids, you can turn your coloring papers over and Follow along. In fact, maybe you have some better ideas for this. Now, here we go. I'm not going to tell you what the idols are. You're going to figure them out because you're smart enough to do that. But what I'm going to tell you is some reflective questions on how you can identify them. Now, the reason I'm going to do that is because different cultures have different idols. 
sometimes different families struggle with different idols. So sometimes they all change around a little bit. But these questions are valid all the time. So here it is. Ready? Question number one. What activity, person, or thing, mainly concentrate on the thing, could cause you to be distracted from staying close to your Bible, staying close to the Lord? What activity, person, or thing? All right? Question number two. What could keep you from gathering with a church family on a regular basis for worship and Bible study. I know we're doing this physically apart, but we're still connected spiritually, so you can still it's still good for us now. All right, so see, that's what an idol does. He tries to get it between you and God. Any idol, anything that gets between you and God, you have to be aware of that. So the answers of these are from the Holy Spirit. Didn't get them from me. He told you directly. Well, perhaps these would be good for a 30-second testimony in order to encourage others to look for these little rascals that can cause you to stick away from your Bible or the Lord or gathering with the church. All right. Fathers, these are really important questions because you are the spiritual shepherd of your family. So, so often... We can crowd out essential spiritual growth activity for ourselves and our family and replacing it with non-essential things which really don't have any much eternal value. So We have to be careful with that. So I want to invite you to do some reflection on this. It's an important part of family leadership. I did this during the stay-at-home period of going over things and thinking about it in our life. Now, I'm going to give you an example here because like Don and I, we have three children uh, that are grown up. They're in their own houses. Now, they have all married Christian strong spouses. So their activities are different than mine. Your activities are different than mine. Most of you are still growing your children, teaching them about the Lord. So your essential activities might be different than mine. You may identify different idols than I would in our life because of Don and I just being in emptiness. Now, we are reminded in the scriptures of this. Very important. We are in the world. That's okay. But we are not like the world. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now that's found in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Now there's a whole context there. We don't have time to go that. But I would encourage you to go there, read the context of that. A lot more meat there to meditate upon. All right. Principle number three. Cling to your Christian strong marriage as an investment into your children's future marriage. All right, back to the scriptures. Joshua 23, verse 12. For if you turn back and you cling to the remnants of these nations remaining among you and you make marriages with them so that you associate with them and they with you, verse 13, know for certain 
that the Lord your God will no longer drive these nations before you, but they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a whip on your side, thorns in your eyes. That really must hurt until you perish from off this good ground that the Lord your God has given you. Now, Moses also reminded of them in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 3. You should not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to sons or taking their daughters for your sons, for they will turn your sons from following to serve other gods. Now, see, we're, we're talking about believers marrying heathen or people that have no use for God. Now, in the New Testament, it says it a little differently. Here we go. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? For what fellowship has light, that we are the children of light, with darkness? Now, the, next, the most important decision you will ever make, the most important decision your children will ever make, is to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. Now, I know your parents have been working hard on that. You're teaching them the ways of God. You're teaching them how to do a testimony. Uh, that is great. Now, your job isn't over there because the second most important decision that your children will ever make is who they will marry. It's going to change your life forever. In fact, it's even going to affect your life. Now, hopefully, if they were complete obedience, they follow these scriptures, uh, their marriage is going to be an absolute blessing. And you're going to be blessed also by it. But it takes complete obedience and training your children, starting now, into the scriptures as you guide them towards that goal. So, understand this. The generation that starts to have marriages with unbelievers is the generation over time that will lose their Christian promised land and they will lose their Christian legacy. Now, we see this in our text there, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. What is it saying there? There's an admonition and two reflective questions for you to be thinking about. See, it just does not ever make sense for a believer who has totally given their entire life to the Lord ever even think about marrying someone who doesn't even know the Lord or may never know the Lord. In a lifetime bond of marriage? No, we would not want to do that. Now today, I know you parents don't pick the spouse for your children. However, if you want your children to be attracted to a strong Christian spouse, when they get of age, then you need to be an example for them now. So husbands, keep your marriage Christian strong by loving your wife as a servant leader with lots of love, grace, mercy, forgiveness. I mean, just splash it all over, and it's going to fly off them and onto the kids. She won't mind that. Remember, men, 
You are both a soldier in spiritual warfare, but you're also a caring gentleman to your family. Yes, you wear two hats. One is a hard hat for war, and one is a soft hat in caring for your family. All right, last principle. Lift up the love of the Lord in your life all the time. Joshua 23, verse 11. Be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. Now, Moses also gave them guidance over in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. You should love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. So Joshua was a servant leader. His actions proved it. He just didn't talk about it. He actually proved it in his leading of the nation and also in his family. Now, we have to not just talk about it, we just have to live it. So today, we can get up and give a 30-second testimony of, I love the Lord, and that's great. I've heard a lot of these. You've given a lot of them. They're great. However, we have to prove it in the doing. So we're just not talk. We're actually living it out. Now, I'll give you a verse for that. James 1.22. Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So we have to be careful we're not deceiving ourselves and just talking and not doing it. And, you know, other people can see right through us too. So, summary. Dads. Future dads, be determined as a spiritual warrior to take up the sword of the Spirit. Hold on to complete obedience. Cling to your Christian strong marriage. Be a gentleman as an example to your children of what they need to look for in a spiritual song spouse when they become of age. And finally, Lift up the Lord all the time in your life, always. Now, you do understand that this physical distancing stuff is not new for the Christian. Oh, no. In fact, we live with it all the time. Okay, now that I got your attention, I guess I have to explain that. See, when our Lord ascended physically back to heaven... He left us with some things. First of all, he left us with his spiritual presence right in here somewhere, okay? And he arranged it to send us some letters. See, that's what people do when they're distant from each other. They send them letters. Now, that's probably old stuff, but even emails, you can do that. All right. The letters are found in our Bible. Now, in, in some versions, they're called letters. Other versions are called epistles. Same thing, all right? Now, he sent us those letters so we can care for one another. We know how to act and care for one another. See, we are his called-out church. Whether we're gathered together or we're scattered, we're still his called-out church. That never changes until he returns. So, you can check me out on this physical distancing stuff in Acts chapter 1. I read the whole context there, but you can look at verse 11. Easy to remember, Acts 1, 1, 1, 
All right? So if you're listening today, you want to join the ranks as a soldier of the cross. Now, fathers, mothers, men, women, boys, children, teens, the Lord will take anyone into his army. So if you want to serve a tour of duty here on earth until he comes or you go to be with him, then you can sign up. Just lift up your hand. Volunteer for it. Open up your heart to the Lord. Uh, confess your sins. Receive him as Savior. He'll, he'll take you in. Then you become a believer of the faith. Now, guys, some of you already signed up for that. You're already a Christian soldier. I hope you're also a gentleman to your family. So please, this will be a good time for all of us to renew our commitment. After all, this is Father's Day, right? So we want to renew our commitment. We want to renew it to the Lord, to personalize our scripture, and renew it to our family. So dads, on this Father's Day, I would like you, invite you to join me in prayer. Now, I'm not going to ask any dad to pray something that you don't have any, no, no idea what I'm going to pray. So it's on your note sheet at the bottom. So you can look it over first if you, you want to know what you're saying before you say it, which is always a good idea. Leaders should always know what they're saying before they say it. All right, here we go. Now, the whole family can do this, right? So this can be dedication to the whole family because you're there to support each other. You're in this all together, right? Lord, it's only you who can keep my heart strong in your mighty hand. It's only you who has brought saving faith and forgiven me of my sin. Now, I do here now commit myself as a father of the faith, mother of the faith, children of the faith, teens of the faith, in leading or supporting my family, but I also want to be a gentle servant leader to my household. And of course, we can only do that by the Lord's help. So we'll end it in Jesus' name. Now, Pastor Bear is going to be on screen here in just a minute. And he's going to lead us into the partaking of the Lord's Supper. Now, remember, whenever we celebrate the Lord's Supper, whether it's mentioned or not, you are always giving testimony of the anticipation of the Lord's physical return. So, the Lord bless you all.